let's welcome to the show um, where we help marketers, entrepreneurs, moms, dads, grandmothers, and everything in between to navigate the social space, organize their offers, get paid on purpose. And today we have the amazing, awesome Sheila Balderman. She calls herself the dream detective. Oh my goodness. I'm going to let her tell you about that because I'm just as curious. What are we detecting? And I love dreams. I am a dreamer. I've always been a daydreamer. So dreams are my cup of tea. So we are going to definitely be hearing from you. We're going to ask you some questions. And uh, we hope our audience will get to learn more about you and what makes you an amazing being and how you can pour into them and hopefully they can pour into you as they get to know you as well and what you do because I know that it's synergy that creates music in our lives. So we're going to ask you some questions and then we, you will tell us what, where we can find more of you, more of your essence, more of your juiciness and we can connect with you. And then this information shall be shared to our community over the digital space and hopefully this will also give you some exposure but above all we know that we always we always leave every every chat and every interview even more enriched than ever before Absolutely. so welcome sheila we're very excited to talk with you today and to see in everyone's life there's always that moment when um, it's like it's like when they are on the edge and they either will turn back and live the life they've always lived and mm. everything continues or or they decide to take a leap of faith proverbially and take a new direction. <laughs> and we know that that moment has happened for you at some point in your life. So we are going to be very excited to hear about that moment. At what point in your life did you decide, I'm not built for a cubicle for a working <laughs> someone's dream? I have a dream, and I'm going to go detect it. Sheila, <laughs> we want to hear from you. At what point did you get to that? Well, you know, to be honest, Julie, it's, it's, not, it's straightforward and it's not straightforward. Um, the reason why, the dream detective, the nomenclature, the dream detective came later. But the dreams were always there. Um, I'm a fifth-generation dreamer, or people who have the ability either to, to dream for others and do interpretation. Mm. Um, and I've always been aware of dreams from very young. And people have always been telling me their stories from very young. It's really been quite strange. Um, but I first became aware of the power of dreams and their significance at eight years old. Uh, I had a dream about uh, relatives of mine actually getting burned out of their home. Oh my! And yes. I dreamed it right down to the very last detail. The dog didn't get out, but everybody else did, and it was electrical oh. fire. I found out the next day. I mean, I didn't know this had happened, but I, uh, the day after this dream, um, another one of my aunts came by and said, "You know, give any clothes, anything you have, because Aunt Daphne and the kids got burned out last night." <laughs> Wait, what? Oh my goodness! Yeah. So from then. Um, I started to become much more aware of dreams, but I kind of kept that to myself for the simple reason that, um, you know, 
a warthic glasses. I was known as a brainiac anyway. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, tell people I interpret dreams. That was just like, that was a bridge too far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, it, was, it was a big one for, for an eight-year-old as well. I mean, yeah. Who could you tell? So, I mean, they would think you're a witch? In, or in worse. African and black society, <laughs> you, you know? would be called a witch immediately? <laughs> yeah. So, so for, you know, for a long time, I kept, you know, other than for family or close friends, I pretty much keep that to myself. Um, but I was always, from the time, keeping, from young, keeping journals and documenting dreams and what have you. Um, it wasn't until I finally got fed up of being a banker. I was a banker for 20 years. <laughs> and, you know, that was great. I'll have a pension from it and what have you. But... It was making me brain dead, <laughs> basically. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it, it was just, it was dreadful because I wasn't into the, you know, the hard drinking, hard living. I, you know, I was on Wall Street. I worked for Lehman Brothers. That was my last job, and I left there before. <laughs> you know, it was just the culture just didn't appeal to me. I was always the outsider, the odd one. Um, and finally, I had over the years been training as an, um, a complimentary therapist. And finally, I, after moving to the UK, and the towers went down along with the building I worked in, um, which was a good time for me to <laughs> kind of take on a new career, which I did. Still, even 15 years working as, as a therapist, it was still only with a few people that I would talk to about yeah. dreams. It wasn't until 2017 when I was literally raging at the universe. It's like, why? why everything me? was stuck. Yeah, everything was stuck. It's like work wasn't happening. You know, my marriage was suffering because of finances. I mean, it was just everything had come to a screeching halt. And to the point where I was literally screaming at the universe. My husband said, who are you yelling at? I'm like, I'm yelling at me! <laughs> but... Then not long, not even, say, 24 hours after I, I had this, like, you know, this hippie fit, I went to um, one of those Andy Harrington events, <laughs> but two things happened. One, I met um, a woman that had helped me to, to find my why, and that's the name of her, her organization, Find Your Why Foundation. And from that Mm. In less than 24 hours after that, I was in Morocco on a retreat to help me find my why. Now, the why, always the dreams were always with me. So I knew that was part of, I knew the why. I just didn't have the how. Mm. And it, it was there that the dream detective was born. Um, you know, so it was just give, hanging a hat on what was already going on for me. I mean, I even trained as a psychotherapist in this, during this time. So that's the people are telling me their dreams and their stories anyway. I <laughs> get some payment for it. <laughs> but, you know, working for other people and other organizations, I've never, I've always been, you know, my father named me at birth his little maverick. So that tells you already the kind of personality I have. Um, so it was never a totally comfortable fit, even among the like-minded people, to, to work in that sense with others. I mean, I enjoy collaborating with others, but I need my space. You know, I say I'm a little person with a very big aura. (laughs) (laughs) 
people don't fear, you know, or when they do fear, it's a bit too late. And that's really my, been my journey from that point in the last couple of years, trying to, to build my brand, to build a business based on um, dreams principally. But now I realize that if people aren't sleeping well, they're not dreaming either. So I, I'm working to, to build a program where people can get sleep and dream um, assistance. And that culminated in a course that I had sitting on a shelf for four years until mm. I went on this retreat um, mm. to teach people how to, um, remem to manifest, remember, and interpret their dreams in three steps. Wow. Yeah. So that's been my journey so far and slowly building exposures, slowly meeting wonderful people like you who have helped me to, to move things further along. Um, and it's, it's been a crazy journey, but a great one, I have to admit. Awesome. Thank you for clarifying that. And it sounds like you've had a really, really interesting life. And I don't know that a lot of people would walk away from, say, Lemon Brothers and Wall Street and decide to go find themselves. But when they do, sweet music starts to happen. And there's always, there's always a journey. There's always you know, a trigger, there's always that catalyst that wakes you up yeah. to, to, and to, your, to, your, to your mission. Yeah. That's yeah. what it was, Julie. It was a return to myself. Because mm -hmm. from the time I was a young child, I was always kind of like massaging my head, you know, family members, um, working with plants. So these, and these are all things that have, you know, incorporated into my work today. So I, you know, when people say, well, what do you specialize in? I, I specialize in humanity and life itself because I have, you know, furry, furry clients, <laughs> you know, ones with claws, as well as people of all ages, all races, all sexes, all religions. So I've, I've always been just interested in um, being of service. I believe you actually help people to find themselves, yeah. to find themselves and you help them in that journey because dreams are, are many times oftentimes a way of helping you find yourself so you can walk an easier life as opposed to walking against the tide you go with the tide and go with the flow because that's where the magic happens and Absolutely. apart from salmons which apparently love going against the, the flow well yeah. you know Most i'll tell you the power how powerful dreams have been for me personally mm -hmm. as well as for my clients for example for me um, it brought me, my second husband, back into my life. I met him before the first husband, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm a New Yorker. I'm a busy lady. It isn't quit it. But also, um, one, of, one dream I credit with saving my life, or it was a, um, a series of dreams. It was a repetitive um, sequence of dreams. Um, and these recurring dreams actually drew me away from New York um, a, about a year before 9-11 when my, the building I worked in collapsed, along with the tower. You know, I, but I didn't know it at the time. I didn't, I couldn't, this was one dream I could not figure out. Yes. And that, you know, my sister, my older sister, 
who passed away now would come to me with dreams when she couldn't figure out what they meant. Oh. So for me not to be, you know, and they were so frightening. Mm. Gee, I tell you, I would wake up with my heart pounding. I thought I was having a heart attack. They frightened me so much. And I, all I kept thinking was, shipwreck, shipwreck. Mm. Mm. I don't know anybody going on a cruise. I'm not going on a cruise. What the hell is that all about? It wasn't until I came. I was working for GP surgery not far from my home here in London. And I was coming back to the to the surgery from lunch. And people, I, these people are running around and like, what the hell is going on? They said, towers, hit, planes. And that was just like my mind went blank from there for days. I mean, because it was like, what? I couldn't, I couldn't take anything in. It was just such a shock. Hmm. And then they kept showing the pictures over and over. And it was just like, I couldn't stand it. I had to, I had to turn it off because it was just freaking me out. I couldn't hmm. reach anybody in New York. Nothing. It was crazy. But then it dawned on me what the dream had been telling me. What did they used to call airplanes in the years ago, in the beginning? Airships. Shipwreck. Oh, my goodness. Oh and I, I think, goodness. you know, there's Goes different bombs. times when we're Goes not bombs. meant to know something. Mm. You know, you I've know, had, had other dreams like that, that, that mm. I didn't know at the time what they meant. I just noted them down. Mm. And when the time came for me to understand the context of the dream, they would come up immediately. And that, just right then and there, I knew that that's what that dream was about. Um, and I think that was a, for my own protection in a way. Mm. You know, because dream of the unconscious brings up, floats up to the surface what we're able to handle at a given moment and shines a light on it. Says, "Hey, look at this." Mm. Now, if I had had that kind of knowledge at that time, a year before it happened, and I told them, like, either they think I was crazy and try to commit me, they think I was part of a conspiracy and put me in jail. They were that more more of that than anything else, you know. Um, and it's just like, so I think I w it was deliberately, it was like a veil had been replaced between me and it. And I wasn't able to pull back that veil until it was time for me to know. Um, and like I said, it was, it was a life-changing moment for me because it was like, ah. And so they're going to build another tower even taller than that one. As in Defiance, which is the Freedom Tower that's there now. I haven't been back there since. Wow. I haven't been back since. I mean, I've been back to New York, but not back to to, to that stood. Well, a year after the the nine eleven, I went back home on a visit, and I was about a you know a mile or a couple of miles away from from the site, and there were still particles in the air. I mean, my breathing was was like I had to I had to leave where I was in Lower Manhattan and head back to you know to, to my. Out in Brooklyn wow. because it was actually making me weave because I could feel like stuff just mm. and they said it was going to take a while for all that plastic and metal and bodies and everything else to you know particularly I mean it was fine but because my my chest is very sensitive I could feel this stuff and it was it was nasty and I haven't been back since to be honest and that to be I don't think I need to be back that's like a part of my life. Yeah, the season. Just, and, you know, it's ended. Every it's season, ended. even though they they are repetitive, every season's different. Every season's different. Yeah, so Sheila, having now. having gone through all that, 
what's what's been your biggest lesson or regret or challenge in your life and what have you learned from that i think two a couple of things first of all is to, to really be true to myself because you know yeah i was a banker making good money but you know my blood pressure is creeping up i was going to work pissed off most of the time um, so i had you know membership to the gym so i would work off a lot of frustration in the, in the office you know the, the the company gym before <laughs> going up there and dealing with these people. So, you know, it, it taught me that um, doing things for the, just to earn a paycheck, um, yeah, I would pay the bills, but, you know, I had no life and I, I was miserable. And if you're going to spend, you end up spending all your money at the doctor for looking or, or wherever, getting treatment because you're stressed and frustrated and, you're, you know, you're throwing everything out of whack. What's the point? There's just no point. Um, so that was the one thing was that I had to be true to myself. Um, and I've always been headstrong, so it's like to tell other people that where they can get off um, and go my way isn't really a big problem. It is, though, when it goes close to you. It is, it is. It is. You were the hardest to tell a piss off somewhere and leave you alone. <laughs> we them and deal with them, you know, on a regular basis. Um. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, based on that, and having gone through some really life-changing kind of events, what is your definition of success? Being who you are. What does it mean to you? What does success mean to you? For me, success means to be who you are, doing what you love, and have people loving you for it and paying you for it. That is amazing. That is amazing. Say that again. Uh, it, success is being who you are, doing what you love, have people, you love, people loving you for it, and getting paid. <laughs> I think we're done here. We are done here. Let's just go and do that because it, it is, you've just defined what so many people are chasing and not even seeing that they've already got it. Being who you are, if you know who you are, you don't need to be well, nobody else. That, None of that. I want to be like so-so-and-so when I grow up. That's a biggie. There's a lot of people walking around, and I know that, you know, from as a psychotherapist as well as a complementary therapist, that have no clue who they are. Yeah, they are so many. They are so many. And it's very important to know who you are. And because you know who you are, success can be anything. It can be, it can mean you, you, you're, you're a mother, and you love being a mother, and you love staying at home nurturing, nurturing yeah. your family, your community, your church, your, because you're a mother, you don't just nurture your your inborn children, you nurture all your external children. The whole, the whole community. Yeah. yeah, and then you, yeah, you could be a teacher, you. and you teach globally, or you teach your local community, and you know that's what you were created for, and, and that does not define you in its entirety, but that's what you do on a daily. Yeah. yeah. To make you feel um, and good and you get paid for it yeah. and you love doing it <laughs> and people yeah. love you because you're their local teacher and things well, like that i have you're the local millionaire <laughs> <laughs> i have to laugh when you say that because when you truly truly love it i said i was the other day i've been 
I took it, you know, I've been on that your your pin Pinterest challenge and that that's been a good blast. I'm having a I'm having a lot of fun with that even now. And but I've been, you know, it's working away, working away. Oh my god, it's two in the morning. <laughs> No, but I mean that's the that's the kind of love that I have for the work that I do. I truly, truly love it, to to be able to share that you know what I what wisdom I've managed to acquire in this particular lifetime and in probably other lifetimes as well. Um and to help people along on their own journey. Um, you know, that maybe they'll find, you know, some little thing that make make things go a little bit easier for them. Mm -hmm. So um, for me, that that's the, the real joy um, um, when you're doing what you love is that not only are you serving others, but you're serving yourself, yeah. quite frankly. Yeah, you get, you, that's why I keep telling people that for me, giving is, for me, it's a highly selfish act because when I give, I get more joy, way more joy than the person I've given because I feel so good. And I don't think about the person I've given, I think about how I feel when I'm giving. <laughs> oh, and people think, oh, it's a very weird way of looking at it. And I'm like, that is the natural way of looking at it. Absolutely. <laughs> that is it. We're the only ones who think about giving, like, if I'm giving them, I am losing. No. Yeah, I mean, and that that's unfortunately that's a very prevalent attitude. It's it's zero sum. It's never win win. Um, and um, you can see that being played out at the individual level, but you're seeing it played out on global level as well. Um, and let's not even go there. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. That 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 then brings us to a very interesting interesting part of our chat because we want to hear what you're most excited about your business today obviously we know you're excited because you're telling us you're staying up till the wee hours you know the, what, what we call the witching hours <laughs> excited about what you are there doing you go. tell us what you are concocting for us for humanity what's what's exciting you about what you're doing right now um the fact that i can bring my whole self to my work and not be this compartmentalized person um, doing discrete bits of myself. This allows me to bring all of my training, even my banking experience and my experience as a therapist and a psychotherapist, all under one roof. I really believe that that was the um, a seminal moment for me where I just felt like I was a whole person and not like some ET. You know, with no, um, no direction, no real direction, no real sense of um, self. I just didn't feel like myself. And like I said, you know, from the beginning, like we, we were saying, um, when we started this conversation, that it, for me, it was a return to myself. Um, and I think psychologically, um, Jung talks about that. He talks about the process of individuation. Mm -hmm. And individuation, simply defined, is stripping all away all the things that we are not to be who we are. The, in the fullness of ourselves, being a, you know, being a rounded, well-rounded person with, you know, all the various facets of ourselves. 
being brought together in a, in a um, coherent whole. Um, and that's what this process feels like to me. And it's like, I'm getting there. I mean, I used to joke with my sister. I said, you know, this lifetime, this is the last time I'm coming around. I've had enough now. It's time to move on. <laughs> And she used to say, oh, no, you're coming back. I'm like, no, 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 this is the last time. You know, I you know, I really try to make sure I learn all the, all the things I need to learn. And you're not coming back to this planet. to the next level. And I used to have dreams like that, too, where I used to dream about being in my, my old um, middle school and high school and always going to different classrooms and going upstairs and whatnot. And then suddenly, I was no longer in the building. I was like, I had reached the top, but instead of going back down the stairs again, somehow, I don't know if I went out the window. <laughs> I really don't know what that was, but I would leave. And then, you know, other dreams where, again, I was entering and being initiated into, into to certain things, more esoteric or spiritual kinds of things, but always ascending into a space. Mm. And then finding myself outside the space without knowing how I got there. <laughs> and that's yeah. like a bit like my life. <laughs> so you, you have been astral traveling in yeah. real life. And you kind of didn't know you, you were astral traveling. <laughs> so you, you, you didn't pick up what you went for. Or you picked well, it up well, when I you did, don't know. I did. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, because yet each time that, you know, I had these series of dreams, these, um, mm. what... Um, there was like a leap of sorts in terms of my development, whether it be on the more you know mundane level, but usually it was on a spiritual level. Um, and I realized that I can't, couldn't do what I do now if I hadn't passed through all of these different learning phases, whether it be on the physical plane or astral plane or wherever it was. That to be who I am now, I had to pass through everything that I have passed through. Um, you know, with that unseen hand kind of pushing me <laughs> in the right direction or not. It is it, 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 always pushing you in the right yeah. direction. We just so, resist the potion. We say, no, I think it's, it's, it's easier to go this way when it's actually harder. So based on that and in, in, in the fact that you are, you love astral traveling and, and for me, the best way to astral travel is to read books. And go away and see oh, yeah. all those places this person has written. Can well, you share with either. us at, at least one book? You can share up to three. We'd, we'd love to know which one's your best read. What book has kind of shaped your life much, much more than any other book you've read in, in some way? Well, there, there are three books. Well, two and a half to three books. I'll explain this. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So no. <laughs> Well, the first book um, is called Conversations with God by uh, Neil Donald Walsh. Now, whether you believe or don't believe, the book, the series of books ask some really, really pointed and pertinent questions which get you to think whatever you may believe or not believe. In fact, there was a time when I was buying copies of that book and I could literally not keep hold of them. One In one day, I bought three copies of the book and gave them away to me. So when it, when it hit the New York Times bestseller list, I actually sent them an email and said, you know what, I put you there because I have given away so many of your books. 
he wrote back and he it was laughing and he said, you know how many people have had, how many they've given away copies to people like right there? Literally, they were just flying out of my hands. So one of my cousins says, well, that must be your ministry. At least at that time, it must have been. <laughs> it was just inexplicable. I mean, three times in one day by one book. <laughs> but so that was one book that um, I found that it really asked some deep, deep questions that if you were really entering into the spirit of it, Mm. It made you really sit back and think about what it is you do believe, mm. you know, and not just religion, no. Um, but what is it you stand for? Who is who represents what you believe in? So a very deep book, and it's a whole series and has workbooks and everything. But that was one book. Another book was called um, Transformation Lessons by a group called ATL Europe. Mm -hmm. And it's the story of successful entrepreneurs who kind of found their why um, and made a, a made a success of it, whatever that why may be. So you have people who, they may have been lawyers, they may have been doctors, they may have been dancers, whatever, artists, whatever the case may be. So I found that very inspirational reading their story. And now this is the one that I said is either a half, <laughs> excuse me, or it was, um, a third book, and they're my own journal. I've been keeping journals for practically my entire life. I learned to read and write very early, and I've always documented my journey, basically. So it's for me to look back, you know, a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, and see the progression, see where I've come from. Um, in terms of my, my experience and my, you know, knowledge that's gained is very useful to me. Um, it, it just kind of keeps me on track in terms of my journey. Um, you know, well, you were doing that and look what happened there. You know, don't, don't revisit that one then. <laughs> Go this way. So it, it helps me to, to see um, in a purely, you know, black and white sort of way um, where, where I've been, been um, and hopefully point the way to where I'm going. Hmm. Wow. Powerful books. I hope I hope I'll get them all because the, the half one for me has caught my attention because that tells me you have a book in you waiting to come out to oh, inspire I somebody. I mean, I've written a few anyway. I mean, mm -hmm. small books, but... Um, there is, um, in fact, the, the title of it has been kind of dancing around the back of my head. Mm. And that, most of it is actually written. Um, <laughs> you know, it has been written over the years. And When is it getting published? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm going to, I'm working on that. But here I am letting our audience know that you create amazing essential oils that help people in different aspects of their lives, in distressing and reducing anxiety and sleeping well in whatever, you know, just feeling sexy. But the, the important thing is people can actually access your resources through your book because a lot of people buy my resources through my books. What one tool can't you do without in your, in your work of life, in your business? What one tool? I know there are lots of tools, but there's this one tool that kind of 
holds everything together and keeps your business going. I would have, I have to say, to say my, my, my one online tool, my online colleagues, because there's a wealth of knowledge there. It's um, relatively easy to access wherever you are in the world. Mm. And um, they've, got, they've got the knowledge and the wisdom. So why reinvent the wheel? Like if they model success? Exactly. I've learned more in in you know the two um, challenge five day challenges I've done with you than I've learned in several years um, about how to, to to gain visibility. And it is working. I was looking at um, looking at my Pinterest figures um, today, and it's like, mm, you know, people are starting to pin mine up too. You know, slowly it's building. So and you know, um, they're not only the pin, they will also buy. You know, because yeah. that's the whole aim. I always remind people: it's not about engagement, it's not about clicks, it's not about impressions, it's not about lead generation. It's about sales. When yeah. someone decides that this is what I was looking for, this is the solution mm. I was looking for. That's right there when the relationship actually bonds. Begins. That's when yeah. the glue connects. And uh, so we're looking to sell because selling is a is a synergy. It is a win-win situation. Someone's looking for a solution, you have the solution. And when the two meet, there is music. And I love selling because of that. And so many people don't. I love it because when somebody buys, it means my message and their message are connected. They, they were looking and I provided I don't walk into Walmart and complain about the things I bought because I went to buy them unless they were maybe rotten and I didn't see when I opened the package, in which case I have an option to take it back and get yeah. a, one that's not rotten or get my money back. Either way, it's a win-win. I'm yeah, glad your tools are people because people are who buy our resources and everything we create. We creators create stuff and people buy them. And so... They are our most essential, most amazing tools. Mm-hmm. You call them tools. I mean, you say that, and yes, you're absolutely right. There's um, something that I learned when I worked for Toyota. I worked for their research and development division in California years ago. So I used to drive all kinds of cars. Great, uh, <laughs> you know, and then get by the ocean. How did I end up here? <laughs> but. The one thing about the, the ethos of the, of the Japanese and their work ethic, I could tell just by looking at the cars if they were built in the U.S. or if they were built in Japan. Because the level of detail and attention and care given by the Japanese worker was stellar, second to none. So, I mean, even the little tucking, the carpeting, and everything was perfect. Um, but their philosophy is that you treat everyone like your best customer, whether you're talking about your colleagues in different departments or you're talking to an actual customer. Treat them like you would want to be treated. And that philosophy, I think, applies across the board no matter what you're doing. Treat other people like you would want to be treated or treat them like they were last customer on earth and you need to keep them sweet and that's not to say compromise yourself mm-hmm. be yourself yeah. but to, to think of rather than think of being approaching it from an ego kind of you know what can they do for me mm. how can i serve you yeah amazing 
Amazing. So, any products you wish to share with us? What would you like to share with us? Where can we find them? We like yeah. to get to this bit quick. <laughs> any products you wish to share with us today? And where can we find them? Well, the many tools that I use in my work with clients, um, I have my own range of flower essences made in West Africa, Gambia, um, Jamaica, Florida, and in the New Forest um, here in the UK. And, and I, there's a, I have an online store that people can go to, and it's called Sheila-Balgobin-my-online.store. So, the, so my spirit of Makasutu essences, they're available to, to be bought. Um, I also run courses and retreats. I'm, in fact, I'm working on a retreat in Marrakesh next year. And people actually may have an opportunity to win, um, you know, to enter a free um, raffle for one free place at retreat. You know, and that you're talking about, you know, it's exclusive. It's only about 10 people. Um, and it's the Sleep sleep Sound and Dream Deep Retreat. So there will be sleep experts, people looking at nutrition, um, as well as looking at flower essences, crystals, um, all as natural, non-drug, non-invasive means of getting sleep and being able to work with dreams. Wow. Amazing. It sounds super amazing. And, as uh, are you. As I appreciate it. Amazing stuff to do. So where else can we find out? Where can we connect with you more? Your socials, Facebook? Oh, yeah. I mean, that they, um, any there will be a listing, as you say, going up with this post, a listing of all the, my different contact details, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Skype, um, my website, um, mm. where the courses um, can be found. Mm. Um, and they can always reach me through one of those media no problem at all I'm always willing to, to answer questions and, and give um, tips that people can use right away um, to get some, some relief awesome 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 so thank you thank you thank you thank you Sheila thank you for gifting us your time and sharing with us your nuggets your essence and all the good juice you've given and poured into us we are so so grateful we can at your power echoes we just love <laughs> to hear from people that are down to us that are loving on others are willing to give and to receive because the two are actually the same yeah it's a, it's like it's breathing a, in and out the same you point. hold off one you don't get to give the other so that's right breathe in breathe out it has to happen and so we appreciate you. We truly appreciate you so much. You can Thank learn more you. about the Dream Detective at all the places that you will see listed in the comment below. And uh, this is for the podcast and for the article. It will be definitely inside mm -hmm. of that. And no. for Facebook, they will be listed in a comment below as well. In closing, thank you so much. And thank you, our audience, for tuning in, for joining us on today's broadcast and sharing with us your juice, your awesome knowledge, your life experiences, and your success strategies, we appreciate you. Clearly, your power echoes is blessed, and you are empowered, impacting people. And we believe that you are going to soar and soar more. And we can't wait to say we interviewed that lady. 